Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, here with my co-host, Ben Brandell. And today we are going to be talking about introducing people to the outdoors. As outdoors men and women, people that have all these activities that we love to do in the outdoors, you're going to encounter people in life that say, hey, can I come do this with you sometime? Or man, I've always been interested in that, but because of reason A or B or whatever it may be, I've never really had the opportunity or I've never really followed through with it. Um, And that is kind of one of the foundations of why we started Meant to Be Outdoors, why we teach kids, adults, all these things that we know and love because we love passing it on. We almost get more fulfillment out of seeing somebody have a successful outdoor trip, no matter the activity, than we do enjoying it ourselves. We love, love passing on the things that we've learned. So we're going to be talking about that today, some things to really consider when you're doing that. Before we jump in, we want to give thanks for some things that we're feeling right now and today, like we have been doing in our recent episodes. Ben, why don't you kick us off with something you're thankful for? Brian, I am so thankful for the people in my life and what I mean by that. Almost every one of my family members on each side of my family have had an impact on me in the outdoors, like me getting in the outdoors, thinking about from my mom what she's taught me about the outdoors, all the way to my uncles, even my aunts. Somebody has taken me out and done something, taught me something, showed me something. And it really wasn't until we started getting into this episode that I it just clicked and realized that my entire family, even some friends, friends, families, have all had a huge, huge impact to my passion for the outdoors. Yeah, people have been there for you. And it always feels good when people step up for you. So this whole episode is about when you get to the position where you can step up for somebody to to do that and how to really do that well so that you're fulfilled and they're fulfilled and and nobody's left with an empty feeling. You know, for me, my thankfulness today is kind of on that relationship side too. Um, And to get real with you, you know, life is hard for everybody Mm -hmm. at some point in time. We have great days, we have great weeks, months, years, but at some point, it's going to get hard. It may be your business. It may be a relationship with your partner. It may be your relationship with your kids. At some point, it may be your health. Life is going to get hard. But what I'm thankful for are the relationships mm-hmm. that no matter how hard life is, is when it is hard, you can still find joy in those things. When when you get to see your kids, when, you're, when your wife comes home, or having that parent you can call, or just that best friend you can call, maybe... It's a pastor or a coworker, but having those relationships with people and a community of people to be there for you when life gets hard is really a beautiful thing because we are never going to be able to get around, even if you're a, a billionaire, you're not going to be able to get around the fact that sometimes life stinks. Correct. It That's really does. Very true. But one thing that we've rallied around, and a lot of people have, is the outdoors. Outdoors is something that can that can help bring you joy, help bring you out of some of those rough times. Um, you know, for me personally, when I'm feeling kind of down and out, you've witnessed this, you've seen me do this, and this has been since I was a, I'm talking elementary school t- child, I go outdoors. Mm-hmm. I can remember being a child, maybe second, third grade, around that age, we'll say seven, eight years old, and just being kind of frustrated 
um, frustrated with family life, frustrated with life in general, I would go out to the woods and sit by myself, no gun, no bow, no nothing, and call turkeys and watch the wildlife. Just to be outdoors has always brought me some sort of peace. And I've answered this to you before that I, th- I think it's because I am part of creation. So really getting out and connecting with creation uh, kind of recenters me and, and gives me that that peace that I'm I'm with what I am part of what I am. Um, so and there are some people that that do I'll just call it re-energize, um, decompress um, when they're away from people. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's powerful because you can do that in the outdoors. On the other hand, there are people that have to be around other people, and sometimes they re-energize by being around other people, and you can still do that in the outdoors together. Yeah. And, and for me personally, there are times where I'm like, man, I just, I want to go be on my boat by myself, me and the fish, me and the breeze, me and the sunshine. And there are most of the time I'm a social person and I want somebody with me. I want to, how, how many people can fit in my boat? Legally, it says I can have five. So what four people want to go with me? Usually I want to have somebody with me, mm-hmm. but there are times when I do want to be alone, but I really like introducing people. I really like seeing the joy of people learning new things and enjoying the experiences that I enjoy. Well, and, and, so and if they hadn't, if, if they hadn't have done that, then how at twelve years old would you have felt comfortable to go out and do it? Yeah, I, I would on your have. own. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, have right. somebody. Somebody had already showed me right. uh, the outdoors and how to go do things and, and and be out there. So let's jump into. Let's say, you know, maybe it's a, a coworker at work or a cousin, aunt, uncle, whatever it is. They're like, man, I, I saw you did, uh, I saw you went and hiked Pikes Peak, whatever. you. <laughs> that's that's kind of a one. crazy yeah. example. Let, I saw you went trout fishing. I've always wanted to try that. Did you have fun? How can you go about setting up a trip and time with them? Is there a right way to go about it? Or should you just take them out? We're, we're going to tell you we think there's a right way to do that. And the first first and foremost Find something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Don't really don't try not to make it about you. So and <clears throat> excuse me. That's going to come when you're wanting to introduce people that maybe hasn't asked you, or they don't know what they want to do. Right. You know, aka your children. You know, something like that. But there's also some examples, and and you know, wherever you work, if you are going outdoors and you're and you're doing outdoor activities, someone from your job, your church, your neighborhood has seen you. And they may be interested in doing what they've seen you do. So now you know they're already interested in it because they're asking you about it. You know, they want to know more or they're maybe, maybe they're bold enough to say, I'd love to go with you sometime. Right. Love to go. Yeah. Yeah. But really find something they want to do. If yep. if you love to bass fish and they're interested in a kayaking trip that you did four weeks ago, well, then don't say, no, we're going out on my bass boat. Find something that they're really interested in because there are fears and uh Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Hesitations when you haven't done done things, especially in the outdoors, because just that unfamiliarity, the dangers and things that can come with it. So find something they want to do. They're going to be more prone to follow through and actually go with you. Well, there's there's hesitation for both parties. Mm-hmm. There's hesitation for the people that hasn't gone yet, or they would have already went and been doing it. And then there's hesitation on possibly your part that hasn't introduced or taken anybody yet. Because there's a reason that you haven't invited them or even thought about asking them to go. Right. Yeah. And and as the person introducing somebody to the outdoors, I'm going to call it a burden. It, it may not be burden, but it can be burdensome because you're having to die to yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by die to yourself? You're going to have to sacrifice something. Yes. So if, if you go out 
and and I'm gonna stick with fishing here as the example. If you go out on your bass boat and you fish by yourself a lot, you're focused on what you you are doing all the time. You're not worried about who your cast is hitting in the back. You're not worried about sharing your rod and reels. You're not worrying about tying knots for anybody else or sharing your clothes. You're not worried about another person. So you are going to have to sacrifice your focus on yourself and maybe even how well you are fishing and performing so that you are making sure this other person is taken care of. Let's let's make it a little more simple. Okay. Okay. There's probably people listening that love to, to pack a lunch, picnic, and love to go outdoors and, and just eat lunch. And maybe they do that their lunch break at work. Um, maybe they're doing that for some of the kids in the you know neighborhood, grandkids, whatever that may be. There's people that still want to go that don't know how to make a picnic lunch. They mm-hmm. don't know what to take. They don't know where to go to do that at. Um, so it really doesn't matter the a- outdoor activity that we're even talking about today. It's whatever you do as an individual that's outdoors. If you have a passion for it, People will see that, they'll hear about it, and be prepared to invite people to come along with you. And that's that's really that introduction phase because someone's done it for you. Mm-hmm. You learn from somebody, somebody has taught you how, or give you enough information for you to feel more bold in going and doing it with or without someone. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And And once you have found something that they are interested in, something that they want to go do with you in the outdoors, they are still going to have this, oh man, should I should I go through with? Even they may seem so excited when you talk to them. Oh yeah, I'm all in. The second they hang up that phone, they're start they're going to start thinking things like, oh man, what if what, what if, if I, I look like a doofus? What if I look what yeah, if, I, what if I look bad? What if I make myself look dumb? Mhm. What if it rains when I'm out there? Yeah. Should I bring lunch? What shoes do I wear? Do I need to bring a hat? Do I need to bring a jacket? All these uncertainties are going to flood their mind. And a lot of times people will just say, ah, you know what? It probably is easy for me not to feel that way, not to have these uncertainties. I can just stay home and watch Monday Night Football. Or I can go by myself. Or I can go by myself and and be a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So our, my next step after you've picked something you want to do, then you've kind of just fret, coined this phrase, clear the fear. Clear it. Clear the fear. Answer their questions. Let them know that their needs are going to be met. If that is making sure, hey, you know what? I always have a cooler of water and some snacks. Don't worry about that. Or I've got an extra set of rain gear. I'll bring that for you. Don't worry about going having to buy or spend any money. Clear some of those fears. Ask them if they have any questions. Ask them once. As you get closer to that time of actually doing the event, ask them again because it will. there will be more thoughts that have come up. Yeah, and you also want to clear the fear for yourself. There will always be the unknown and... That's for both parties because it's unknown for the person that hasn't experienced any kind of outdoor activity yet that you're taking them on. Then you also have that unknown experience for you of now I've got somebody with me that I'm kind of in charge of. You yeah. know, I've got some responsibility here because I'm the leader. I'm the one that's supposed to be knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times where the fear creeps in is not saying that you aren't knowledgeable, but you're knowledgeable enough to do it on your own. And but, you don't want to end up looking foolish either. But yeah, you're worried about, am I knowledgeable enough mm-hmm. for what they're about to ask or want or need? Start questioning your adequacy. Yeah, absolutely. Especially fishing. That's mm-hmm. a big one. That's why we kind of keep using this example yeah, because... you don't know if they're going to catch yeah, fish. Yeah, you have no idea. That's why it's called fishing, not catching. And we've <laughs> heard that many times. If I could guarantee everybody caught a fish, well then, you know how many people be guides? <laughs> but you're knowledgeable enough what you know, so... 
you need to start making a plan because you got to clear the fear. Mm-hmm. Clear the fear. So you got to start figuring out what is it that you do or, or what is it that you're going to do. Right. And, and you mentioned plan, kind of the first beginning steps of that plan. Once you found something they want, you've reassured them, you've cleared their fear, you've cleared your fear. This may seem simple. This next one may seem very simple. Somebody may go, well, duh. But we mess up on it so often. But you got to set a time and you got to set a date. And you have to be very specific with it. Share it. Put it in their calendar. Put it in your calendars. And the reason I say that is because we can all think of a time. Hey, man, how are you doing? I would love to go fishing. Yeah, let's go fishing sometime. All right, sounds good. And then guess what? You never go fishing together. Ever. Mm-hmm. You may do that for years. Every time, hey, let's go fishing. Yeah, sounds great. For years and years, and you never go fishing. But once you put a time and a date on a calendar, now there's at least this expectation that, you know what? This is this is serious. This is real. Mm-hmm. And I actually judge people, even myself sometimes, because I have done that. There's times where I've not had time to take someone, and they're wanting to go, and I've said, yeah, we need to go soon, you know? knowing that this wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. But because of who I am, when I do share that, it's always back there in my mind. And so I'm always trying to figure out, okay, after I get done with this, how can I reach out to them and get and, and get this connected? You know, sometimes in life it, it never happens, and I get that. But you, what you said is so powerful that if you're truly having that intent that you you are going to take someone, it is so important to set the time and date with both parties. And by putting on the calendar, it, it makes it like true. It makes it like yeah. this is real, legit. And you can begin to build and, and plan around that. And, it's really and good. sometimes it, it may be a, a trip. It may be an overnight trip that Could you're be. planning, a bigger adventure. And it, it takes a little more time to plan that. They may want some time to buy, order some gear, wait for it to be delivered, those types of things. So knowing exactly um, when you're going, I think... It seems simple, but I think there's so much importance there. Well, it's it's actually one of the most powerful things. That's why when you look at sports, my child, my well, just child right now, not children. Um, my son's in sports. Did you get rid of one of your kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love them so much. Um, they are still around. No, my daughter is not old enough to play sports. Yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I'm. But now my I got son's you. old enough to play sports, and. I am already tired of practices. I, I am. I'm tired of them. But I know that we're going to have them, especially because we already have a date and time set. Yeah, you got a practice calendar. So even though I kind of dread that it's coming up, I know I got to be there. I'm gonna I'm gonna work around that to be there. And that's the power of of really sports in general that we have these dates and times set, and that's what makes people go. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to work at the times. So if you're really serious about uh, set that time and date people will rally around it even if it's just for an hour so you know i remember um disc golf a lot of us will go play disc golf and man we've we've gotten away from that even today some of my old friends would be like hey we need to go play disc golf sometime you know it only takes a couple hours to play yeah we've never set a date and that's been like five six years ago that we've really seriously played so to be honest you and i almost daily we need to put. We need to go do that. Sometime. We need to go do this. We need yeah. to go. We need to go on that elk hunt. We need to put. We need to put in for those elk tags. Sometimes, we need to go up to that public land and check it out. Sometime, we we need to go play golf. Sometime, but once once you just throw that word sometime out there, you said you said the word judge. You're kind of judging people. You, you 
it's it's not really very serious. They they may be serious and that it does sound cool to them, but they're not really serious and that they're going to carry through with that. But that can go both ways. Mm-hmm. They're looking at you as the person that's going to take them and your seriousness too. If you set a date and a time, now they're like, holy smokes, they really are going to take me. They re- they really are going to do this. I need to start preparing. What do I need to do on my my novice side? Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they can start doing research and preparing for that and saying, you know what? Maybe I need to take off a day of work. Whatever I need to do to make this happen. They are serious. They've made a date and a time. And then once you have a date and a time, you can really start making a plan. And what I mean by that is, what time are you picking them up? Where are you going? How long are you staying? When are you coming back? What do they need to bring? Or is there some things that they have that they can they can bring? And start having those communications of making a plan because a plan brings peace and comfort to everybody because the unknown is where fear comes in. Mm-hmm. So once you start making more things known, that fear is going to start flying away. Yeah. The unknown is a big part of it. It's also the, I'm going to call it ego and pride, you know, of when we have to humble ourselves that is so difficult. It, it it really is. It's difficult to be humble and saying and owning any of your mistakes and saying, you know what, I messed up in this moment, or even just saying, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that, Brian. You know, that th- I think it's why you and I have really grown together so much and and even meant to be outdoors is because there's areas that I just I have no idea what what you're talking about, what you're doing. And you've taught me so much in that, but it's, I had to be clear and let you know that I don't know. Sometimes you'll go out, groups of people, maybe individuals, and they pretend to be a know-it-all. And that makes for a very uncomfortable trip, a very uncomfortable hour, whatever that Mm. is. So being humble, having to own that, there's a lot of fear in that, just like the unknown. A lot. You know, (laughs) kind of makes me laugh. You, you... When you say know-it-all, I think back to um, an outdoor trip I had one day, and I had a NASCAR driver, Ryan Newman, and his wife and his kids, and we were going all over this beautiful, beautiful area, this, this nature park, and fishing, and seeing horses, and experiencing wildlife, and just experiencing all the outdoor things. And me, as I'm teaching and I'm sharing some of these things from Native American artifacts to the wildlife that we're seeing to things about the stables and the horses, he's jumping in on everything. I mean, cutting me off in this and that. Well, his wife is making fun of him going, well, don't you know his nickname's Know-It-All Newman? Don't you know it's Know-It-All Newman? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh man, I was already thinking, oh boy, this guy knows wants me to know he knows a little bit about everything, so he's kind of cutting in. But you mentioned the uncomfortable that comes with that yes. know-it-all state. Yeah. It took away from his wife and his kids' day, sadly, because you could see their uncomfort. You could see his wife's frustration. Like, Shut the guys, up and listen. I mean, yeah, that's really listen, what... Yeah. Listen to the guy. Yeah. You know, this is this is his, his deal. He's being paid to take care of all this and to teach it to you. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy it, man. And and it was kind of sad on, on a sad note because he couldn't... Even though he was wealthy and famous, he couldn't just let go and truly enjoy what we were experiencing. Right. You know, if you're the person taking someone out that, that is that way, um, don't sweat it. Don't uh, overanalyze it. You know, meet them where they're at. And what that means is is it's, it's like what you and I do. If, if we take our kids out, I'm going to meet them where they're at, which is going to look different than an adult 
mm-hmm. that we go out and, and do some activities with. So if you find that there is that tension or that's getting weird, then quit quit teaching, quit educating, just do what you're there to do, you know, and let them see how you're doing it and learn it that way. Yeah, and, and that was kind of the approach I took, you know, when, when he wanted to step in and speak, I, I let him speak. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to cut him off and be like, hey, man, no, you know what? You need to listen to me. No, let, let him say their piece. And there were probably things later on that I normally would have shared that I didn't uh, because I knew he was going to do that. Um, you, you do. You, you meet him there. You change their approach. And the thing about humans is you mentioned the kids and the age. The age is important to take in, but humans have emotions and feelings. Yeah. So somebody that is a happy-go-lucky person may have had their kid up all night or have somebody go to the hospital. They may not be in their chipper spirit, but they're still going to, because you set a time and a date and a plan and they want to do it, you've covered those first three things, they're still going to show up and come with you and meet them where they're at. Meet them where they're at in their feelings and their emotions. Don't um, just expect this happy, cheery, go-lucky thing. Uh, and it could go the other way too. They could be somebody that's that's down and out and they show up and they su- are super excited and, and you should meet them there too and join them in that. Right. Yep. Exactly. You bet. So we've kind of covered everything that happens before you introduce somebody to a new outdoor sport, recreation activity, whatever it may be. Once that day comes, I always want to go that extra step and try to make it as special as possible and let them know I'm here for you. And it can be as little as before you pick them up, grab donuts and coffee. So when you roll up to their house to pick them up, you've got donuts and coffee there. And just those little things to really make them understand, you know what? This person is here for me today. Right. They're going to start feeling safe. They're going to start letting their guard down, being present, being themselves, letting the mask and facade go away. And everybody's going to have a better day. There's going to be more learning, more growth, and more joy. There is. And you know, at the, the moment we get into this, like I'm reliving so many past experiences because you and I have, have taken. We've done this so, a lot. We've done this a lot, even before we did it um, in our corporate jobs, even before we've done it here in Meant to Be. Like even in our younger years, we were we were taking friends mm-hmm. out and teaching them things that we had done. And I just remember there is a lot of um, there's a lot of emotion that goes with it, you know, and and I think that's really why people hesitate in taking other people out is worried about how people are going to feel or react at times. You know? Well, it goes, it goes back to, we've said this many times, but comfort zone, mm-hmm. stretch zone, and panic zone. And, and you are pulling people out of their comfort zone into the stretch zone, hopefully, because if you get into the panic, may not be safe or fun for anybody. But you're taking them into that stretch zone, doing something that they're not familiar with. And that's when the emotions and the feelings start do start to come in. But once they've experienced it once, if if it's went well, then a lot of times they're they're now in a, their comfort zone with that activity, and that's really what you're going for. That should be your goal. Well, and and so that kind of brings it full circle. That if this is a friendship, you know, even if it's you've only met them a few times, but you're you're still growing that relationship. This is that full circle back to the beginning of why you're taking them. They're interested. So if if you're taking someone interested, that helps the whole zone process. If you're if you're making someone go, now we've got <laughs> now we're getting crazy. Now mm-hmm. we're kind of getting into this. We're past stretch because you're making them go. It wasn't something they're interesting in, interested in, or or want to be a part of. So right. again, that's why one of the steps was if they are interested, man, you're already halfway there. You know, so yeah, that that's an important step that you don't want to look over for sure. You're making their day special. You pick them up. You're going out. 
when you get out and you're and you're doing the activity, really try to remember to put yourself to the side a little bit. Push that selfishness away. Um, I'm not saying focus solely on them because you don't want them. You don't want an adult if you're taking an adult. It may be a child, and they probably really do want the full focus and attention. But if you're taking an adult, you don't want them to feel like they're your child or your student. But don't be selfish. If you, if you're fishing, give them a place to cast in the boat. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. If if you've got the extra rain jacket, let them borrow it. Those kind of things. Try to put yourself to a side a little bit, understanding that they need a little more today because they're new. Mm-hmm. You'll see it. And what I mean is, if you're taking somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, and you're providing all the equipment, you're providing all the resources and tools for whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're relying on you, and, and they're going to be more open to that. They're they're wanting to know, well, what is it that I'm using and how do I use it, right? I also would add in, hey, I'm going to let you use this today. This is yours to use. A couple things on here that I didn't know when I first started, and I just throw them out real quick, right, just to share. They may already know what it is. But then you may also be taking people that, feel they're really good at, at the activity. Bring their own gear they already have. They're bringing their own stuff. Then usually, you and I, a lot of times, we just let them. Yeah. I mean, they may be successful in what that is, but as you start seeing it not work out for them, now you can ask. You don't have to tell them, but you can ask, hey, I've got everything here that you might want. Oh, this was working for me today, or or yeah, this is a really good thing to use. Um, try it if you want. You know, at least share, give them the opportunity to accept it if they choose. Yeah. It's it's just a big difference between those two, and, and you'll see it, and, and you'll understand it. I mean, when I go out on a picnic, sometimes I forget the salt. You're a big picnicker, huh? If I love... <laughs> I don't even like salt on my watermelon. <laughs> you know what? I don't even like... I love watermelon. It's got to be cold, no salt. Some of you out there is like, got to have salt. So if I was taking someone out that wanted salt on their watermelon, I didn't have it. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, but maybe they brought the salt and we can share it, right? That's right. That's right. Because if I'm going with watermelon, I'm bringing the salt, baby. No way. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Put that salt on there and maybe even a little mustard. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. Hey, I tried that TikTok challenge, the mustard on the watermelon. Really is not too bad. That kind of salty, vinegary, sweet. It's it's really pretty good. Looks gross because the contrast of colors, but... It's gross because it's mustard, so. <laughs> yeah. We need to do a full ketchup and mustard podcast. Ketchup's the only way, man. <laughs> I'm sure they could probably guess guess how I feel. I love mustard. On the gear side, though, jumping back into the topic here, if they bring their own gear, because we get asked actually pretty often, hey, I've, I've really been wanting to get into this, or I've fished just a little bit. I've been wanting to get into backpacking. I just got this backpack. A lot of times, it is so so difficult for people to humble themselves enough to say, you know what, I've got this, and I really want to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Can you show me? It's a tough position to be in for anybody, for us. When you have something, it's hard to humble yourself to say, can you show me how to use this? So kind of have that understanding. Don't just go right in. Walk the line gently of, hey, I see you've got that. Let me show show you how to use it. Let them get it out. Let them start packing it. If you see them there and they're frustrated, they can't get something into their pack, or they've got the real handle on the wrong side, or something like that, then you can kind of ease into say, "Hey, have you ever have you ever tried that on their side?" Some people kind of like that on the other side, or 
you know, when I pack my pack, I really like my jacket on top and, and start kind of easing into rather than just saying, hey, you're doing that wrong. Right. I guess to add is don't charge them. <laughs> what I mean is... Don't char- don't tackle but, them? Or? Well, be- before you go on the trip, um, if, if you're the type of person of like, you know what, I don't have a lot of money, and some of this is going to cost, it's going to cost me to do that. Um, let's do one example of, you know, taking out the boat. If you're going in a boat by yourself already, well, then you've already got the money for the gas, mm-hmm. right? So let them jump in, take them with you. Don't, yeah. Don't there's not another cost of that, money. right? But there may be some other outdoor things where it there's going to be a, a cost to bring an extra person. Let them know that before you go, because if not, it's so awkward at the end, you thinking, oh, they're going to pay me to mm-hmm. take me out. Same way with equipment. Same way yeah. with all those those items you're talking about. Share what you have with them. Help them with what they have if they need it. You don't have to overplan and overbring. Just bring what you normally do, but be prepared to share it and let them use it. Absolutely. Yeah, when, when you get into the gear side, be so generous with your gear. Even if it costs a whole bunch of money, because at the end of the day, it is just stuff and even if you don't have the money to go replace it right now you can go replace it later on or you probably have your old one at home you can use for a while until you can replace it but be generous with your stuff if you start saying you know what they probably really need this to be successful today but this is this is mine and i need this today Mm -hmm. then maybe you're better off just going by yourself than taking somebody that could be. That's a really good point. I mean, if, if you're that wrapped up in yourself and you're that selfish, mm-hmm. you're right. I, I hadn't really processed through that or even thought about it, but that day probably isn't going to go well for both, for either of you. So that's it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, for us, be generous. Share mm-hmm. share your if you're fishing, share your rods and reels and your lines and your baits without the expectation of getting them back, without the expectation even really that they're going to be taken care of. Don't say, you know what, I'm going to let you use this, but you better take care of it and give it back to me. No. No, and I get Understand that. there's a mutual respect there already. Right. I, I want to add, though, that you can set expectations. Okay, we've talked about this in many podcasts. And if someone's interested in what you're doing and they're willing to go, I'm already on the mindset of everything that I'm taking can be broken or destroyed. Even right. though it's one of my favorites in the whole wide world or it's my favorite piece of gear, Either I might end up getting it destroyed or someone borrowing it will. So there's my first mindset. It's if you're using it, there's always a chance that it's going to be your last time. And if there's something you cherish so much, then don't bring it. Don't take it. Leave it at home. Put it in your safe or on your trophy wall. Yep. So if you're using it, remember that. It's plan on it being used. That's what you're doing. Everything has a shelf life on it. It's, It's all getting destroyed as you use it. So there's your first mindset. But then after that, really think about, let people borrow your stuff, but you can share with them. Like, like I, here's an example. Uh, my spinning rod and reels. There's a bail on the, on the top of it. When you flip that over, it releases your line so that you can cast it. Well, on these reels, it is really hard on them. If you just use your reel and push it forward like you're reeling in a fish. Crank the handle. You're cranking the handle. Yep. Yep, yep sorry. Yep, as you're cranking the handle, the cranking the handle will flip that bell back over, but it's really hard on that. So that is something that I do share. I say, hey, I want you to use this. Use it all day long. It's, it's, yeah. Hopefully it's going to provide success for well, you. You're, you're teaching them to use it the right way, the correct way. I am. Way. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's also taking care of the equipment. And when they get one, they know not to take care. They, they know to turn the handle instead of. Yeah. So I just yeah. say, if you please do me a favor after you cast, 
flip that over with your hand, not with the handle. Yeah, right? I said that and, backwards. Flip the bail with your hand, not by turning the handle. Right, right, right exactly. And, and, you know, if they don't do that, I'm not jumping all over them. A lot of times they, they forget. But my point is, is you can share those things. That actually helps, I think, on any of these is communication, is just being open in a way of saying, hey, here's a few things that I do that I would really love for you to respect. And most time people fall in line. They're like, yeah, I get it. Thank you for letting me come out and, yeah. and use and, and to do this. So, And if, if you do have maybe some extra things that you can guess they may need, go ahead and bring it. If, if, even if it's something you wouldn't normally bring on, on a trip, go ahead and bring it. We Back to clearing the fear and letting them know their, their meet, needs will be met. Uh, that they're going to have the things to keep them safe and have an enjoyable time. I think back to a story. Uh, it was a, a co-worker, and it was a benefit bass tournament, and he had never fished a bass tournament before, and he asked if I'd be his partner. You know, absolutely. Uh, it was a winter tournament in December, and we went down, and it was cold and may have even been spitting rain a little bit. And I thought, you know what? I ought to just throw in an extra piece of rain gear because like our Myth Monday episode we just did, a lot of times people think they have good rain gear and they don't, or not everybody just has good rain gear. So I threw in an extra rain coat, rain jacket, a good Gore-Tex out fishing rain jacket. And as we got down there, you know, he was kind of, he's kind of like, you know what, I, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need it. We got out. We're getting our stuff ready at the boat ramp. We got out there and he was like, no, nah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I was like, man, we're getting ready to go. 60 miles an hour the wind is blowing today it was actually a day we fished and we fished crankbait all day because the wind was blowing all day long so the weather was there to really have a good windproof and rainproof coat you needed it and he didn't really have one on um so i was glad i brought it and i knew at some point he was gonna need it and he finally did say hey you still got that rain jacket <laughs> and i said yeah absolutely or maybe I sold him on the fact, you know what, this rain jacket was worn by Peyton Manning's wife. <laughs> and that's what really got that's him. What, said, yeah, you I know what, I'll put it on. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Now. You know, what you're talking about is, here, let me let me say it this way. So, whatever you're taking for yourself, yeah, plan on creating that same uh, experience and environment for the person you're taking. You know, if you don't have all the extra equipment, I get it. You may ask them, hey, do you have this at home that you could bring, right? But you want to recreate what's working for you for them. And that's what you and I, we do a lot for a lot of people. I even did this for friends in high school. That's mm -hmm. why I think a lot of people are like, Ben, he brings way too much gear, okay? There are times that I have, but I'm telling you, the stuff I have in my bag usually gets used by somebody at right. some point. When we go on our overnight backpacking trips and stuff, you you have extra usually food and mm -hmm. pots and pans that's adding an extra twenty pounds to your bag compared to everybody else, so that you can cook breakfast for everybody in the morning. That stuff they've they've not carried, but you're providing that experience for people that have never done it before, mm -hmm. um, and g even giving them an idea of you know what you know what I can pack a few eggs in here. Yeah, because yeah. uh, where that comes from for me is that. I love it when people have done that for me, mm -hmm. and I want more people to do that for me. Right? Because there's there are there are so many things I don't know that I would love to learn, and if somebody would provide that opportunity for me, it would it would just transform whatever it is I'm doing. And so I want to recreate that for everybody that that I'm taking yeah. out. I it feels so good to have somebody provide for you at that level that really you didn't even have an awareness of. It's you don't know what you don't know. So 
once you experience it, man. Yeah. Share it. And and, and uh, something I love about you, Ben, is that when you when you do that, you don't need any accolades for it. You don't let them know unless it's me. If it's me, if you were doing a little extra, you were going to let me know. I carried this for you, it. Like, you're going to let me know. Well, I'm going to let you know because I told you to pack it and you didn't. <laughs> Bring it. But for everybody else, you don't need the recognition for it. You're just going to do it to do it to provide that experience to make sure that they are safe and comfortable. That. And uh, I appreciate yeah. that about you. For well, sure. thank you. So definitely share your gear. Um, really, really uh, open up your, I'm going to say your tackle box. We can call it a figurative tackle box. If you're playing disc golf, let them try all your discs. Yeah. Even if even if it's your favorite flying one, let them try your discs. If not, then leave that disc at home. And then along the way, celebrate the wins. Really celebrate the wins. Make sure they understand when they're doing something that that's good. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more powerful than correcting them when they're doing something wrong. Celebrate the wins. If they catch a fish, if they throw a great disc, if they make it through the first four miles with a heavy backpack on that they yeah. ever celebrate those things. Even a, even a little hike. Let's just say you're hiking into the wilderness and back out. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had people that are so terrified to get off of asphalt. Yes. To get into any kind of tall grass. To walk and, through a spider web. Yeah. Some people are like, well, that that's not me. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people out there that, that have a hard time entering into you the know woods. Some, if, if it's not you, you know somebody like that. Right. So take them with you, teach them, and yes, give them high fives and encourage them celebrate it in that moment and continue to to yeah help them out yeah and it'll help your relationship too with that with that person yeah celebrate those wins along the way it is so fun to take somebody fishing and and to see the joy when they catch that first fish and to high five them and to jump and to dance and and to give a woohoo and let the people across the cove know that you that they just caught a big one and (laughs) It's so fun to celebrate those times. Um, it will make your experience better. It'll make their experience better. It'll make them want to come back, not only do it again, but maybe you'll have a, a new friend to come do it with you. It'll be somebody that um, I'm going to say is a repeat customer, but is, is a repeat guest uh, in your in your trip. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it's so fun to share it with people. So celebrate them so they come back. Right. I also want to talk to the people that are listening that are the ones that are interested and are wanting people to to take them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be prepared to really listen, right? At first, you may be knowledgeable in some of that. Um, here's an example. I've been fishing before, um, went with another gentleman in his boat. Um, I felt like we were pretty equal in our skill, but I wasn't there to teach him. I was there to serve him. If there's something that he needed, man, I was gonna I was gonna have it, right? But I learned a lot from him that day because he actually pre-fished a spot and taught me some spots that I had never even fished or seen before. And so without going without, you know, without going with him, or if I had never went with him, I would have never have learned these these spots where these fish were at. So there's always something to learn from somebody, even if you feel you're the most knowledgeable. And also be prepared to to give back. So yeah, it share. is yeah, share. But but what I'm saying is, if somebody is is giving you water and food and um, gas, gas and time out of their day. Oh, so you're on the other side of this now. You're the newbie. That's right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If if you're listening and you're the one that's wanting to go, you're the one interested and you're wanting to be taken. Be prepared to to give in some way, even if that's cash at the very end. And I'm not saying a tip for our business. I'm saying you and your coworker are going out reciprocate somehow try to Mm -hmm. try to help them out as well because 
it is it is difficult to plan on taking people planning all of this and putting this together it does take time effort energy and cash at least offer it they may not accept it but correct is is always always kind to offer it um, and they'll be they will be more uh, keen to investing time and effort into you again Mm -hmm. for sure absolutely the last thing we've kind of touched on this in in a few areas here but but really truly share with them and, and the key to doing that is without making them feel belittled and it is so easy to do to jump in and correct, but really, truly share. If you if you love the outdoors and, and you love an outdoor activity, you have been blessed enough to have the resources available to you to do that and to have somebody invested time into you. Even if you said, you know what, I want to do this, and somebody at the, the store clerk answered your questions, somebody invested the time in to you so that you can go do this. So be willing to to share. Don't just leave it at it's good enough that I brought them. Be willing to share and walk that fine line of, of sharing without belittling. Yeah. Here's an example Brian and I were faced with um, in the past. Um, we had been around some some other people that were already doing the activity that we were about to go do. And as we approached, we hadn't been around. They were already doing the activity. And as we got up to you know the activity they were doing, somebody made the comment of, Hey, are you guys coming to tell us what we're doing wrong? You know, well, that kind of broke my heart because you and I, we really try not to. We looked at each other and said, is that who we are? Yeah. I was like, is that who you, you see us as? And and that, that did kind of hurt my, my, uh, I, I, I thought I had shut up enough. You know, I thought I was being quiet enough. And so, um, there is a fine line between really wanting to help somebody and, and well, it's okay wanting to help somebody, but I think make it, you know, ask that question first. Yeah, and just to be clear, Ben is saying they're not wrong in what they were saying. He He's saying that maybe maybe he and I should have been more reserved yeah. um, prior that day. Maybe we should have been withholding some things because we had somehow belittled a little bit. And, and so right. it was good for us to hear. It was humbling for us to hear, but it was only good if we took it as humbling instead of saying, you know what, I am going to tell you what you're doing yeah. wrong. Yeah, this is, you're going to hear what I have to yeah, say. you're going to hear yeah. it or, what, or not. So, yeah, I mean, be aware and be honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. be honest. And, and sometimes that's just with yourself of accepting what maybe other people are, are thinking at the time. Right. So. Well, I, I hope that people can take these things, no matter which side of the fence you're on there, whether whether you're the newbie wanting to go out or whether you want to take somebody out. Uh, I have had so many experiences in my life uh, where this where I've taken somebody or people have taken me, so I have a lot of memories, but I do want to share one of those stories. Do you have anything else you want to share before we jump into stories, Ben? Why this is so important, why this, why it's so important to get people out there is... Because you, you the person taking them, may be the only person, the only person that can ever take them. Right. And if this you may don't, be, they may never. This get may to be do the it. only opportunity they, they ever, ever get. So look at it that way. If people did not teach me what I know when I was younger, I wouldn't have been able to continue to learn on what they taught me. So that's mm-hmm. just so key to that. So, um, you know, with, with your stories, take it away, Brian. Well, the, the story that really sticks out in my mind, um, I'm trying to remember how old, how old I was at the time. I want to say maybe I was in undergrad, so we'll, we'll say around 20 years old. 
And I had a younger cousin. I believe he was 12 or 13 at the time. Um, and he lives in an urban area, and he really, really wanted to harvest a turkey. He had an awesome shotgun that he just got. He really wanted to harvest a turkey, didn't have a great place to go. And I told his dad, my uncle, I said, hey, you know what? Bring him down. They live in St. Louis. I said, bring him down. Uh, I'll meet you halfway. Bring him down. I've got an awesome place to take him turkey hunting. I almost guarantee I can get him on his first turkey. And so, me and another friend, we we took him out. We went, picked him up, took him out to the farm. Were, were you nervous that you weren't going to be successful? Uh, uh, there's definitely that that doubt in my mind because, to be honest, I didn't really know his his shooting capabilities. Right. It was youth season, so I didn't have a, a backup shotgun or anything like that. He was the only one. Um, is my calling going to be adequate? Are right. the birds going to be there like they've been, you have been the last there. several years? Right. Um, are they going to be goblin? You don't know. Right. However, we, we got there the first day, um, and it was very windy. And, and if you've been in turkey hunting very much, it's really hard when it's windy. They're, they love to be able to hear, and they can't hear a lot in the wind, so they, they're not going to gobble a whole lot. Your call isn't traveling very far because the wind's picking up your, your call and carrying it off. So it was really hard. We did hunt around, we did hear some, we did see some. We had a close encounter that didn't pan out. Actually called a coyote right in to the muzzle of my cousin's shotgun. And this was right after they made it legal to, to take coyotes during turkey season because for a long time it wasn't. And I'm looking at him thinking, is, is he going to shoot this thing? I mean, literally his gun is pointing at it. And we're leaned up underneath the cedar tree. And all of a sudden this coyote picks us up. I'm talking this thing was three paces away. Like, I, I could have probably thrown his shotgun at it and hit it in the head. Coyote busts out of there. Shotgun still pointed right there where it was. And I kind of lean and look around the tree. <laughs> he is snoozing. <laughs> oh. So I wake him up and say, hey, man, you know, a shot, uh, a coyote just walked right to the barrel of your shotgun. No, it didn't. No, Yeah, it did. So that was really the excitement of that first day. Mm. Um but you know, you wake up early. He was young. We, you got to finish at one. I think we went and maybe fished a little bit the rest of the day. We drove all the way back home, which was about an hour. Stayed up late talking, catch, catching up as cousins do. Got up super early again the next day. Went straight out to the farm. He was so tired. He was falling asleep in the truck on the way there. You know, we're driving before sun up. Mm -hmm. It's probably four in the morning. Mm -hmm. We get out there, and it is a much different day. Much different day. It's calm. It's clear. And I said, you know what? We need to go down here to this persimmon patch because I'm pretty sure those birds probably roosted right down there in that hardwood holler. And I no sooner shut the truck door and those birds started thundering. It's still dark. I, love I was that. like, oh, I was like, dude, this is gonna happen today. And we were able to slide in right at that persimmon patch. We were we were about 125 yards from where they were roosted. That was about as close as we could get awesome place to set up and then we just waited for sunlight to come up and right as the sunlight came up i called just a little bit and when they pitched down whole flock of them pitched down our direction right in front of us coming our way to the field we were sitting in and it, it was just really easy after that they they came up over the ridge it was about 50 yards and again he was i think 12 13 years old didn't know his shooting capabilities i knew the ammo and the and the choke and stuff he had and at 50 yards, they kind of came up 
just where we could see their heads and kind of, I don't know if they made us out or not, but you could tell, I could tell they were uneasy. And I said, buddy, if you're going to shoot, now's the time. Woo! I mean, I, I couldn't even get the words out. He was so ready. He mm-hmm. shot 50 yards away. This bird went straight down, was flopping. That's awesome. And I'm going, yes, yes, pumping my fist. And I look over and he is crying. I mean, not sobbing, but he has tears in his eyes. Just pure joy. He was so tired. He'd, he may even fallen asleep on the tree that morning. He was so tired from the day before. He wanted it so bad, and that can make you tired too. He had just trucked through the woods, just a little skinny guy, carrying mm-hmm. all this turkey gear, carrying decoys, carrying a big old full-size shotgun. When it all happened, the emotion. And then, so I got emotional. I got teary-eyed looking over at him, and I just gave him a big old hug and said, I love you, brother. I love you. He's like, you know, I love you too. Let's go out there and look at our bird. And then to be able to call his dad and say, hey, he did it. He did it. And, and to this day, you know, he's he's well into his 20s now and, and a business owner. But, you know, I have the picture and a feather from that day. And he has the same thing. And it is a memory that will stick with us. When we get together for holidays, we still talk about it. Right. It is a memory that will never leave. He's now an avid hunter. He's a great deer hunter. Uh, he's an awesome duck hunter. And a, a great shotgun shot he still goes out and harvests turkeys he hunts all the time um, but i feel like it was a real honor for me to be at the beginning of that and to see it be so important that we both cried yeah no that's really good i'm, I'm glad you shared that story i actually never heard you share that one before yeah. i don't i don't think so um two things that come to mind after hearing that story that i wouldn't plan on talking about but they're they're coming to me yeah sure. um is honestly the weight the weight of responsibility and what's so cool about that story is that you took on that weight like there's a lot that that had to go into that trip i mean you had to make sure that you knew your skills and what your what you could do for him right but even in your story he probably would have slept in mm-hmm. you stayed up just as late as he did talking yeah but you got up you drove him out there let him cat nap power nap you know whatever you want to call it in and out on the way there. Yeah, I remember I had put on some some Randy Travis gospel songs. I was singing, <laughs> trying to get him pepped up. On the way yeah, there. yeah. But you you were the burden of that responsibility, you know. And and that may keep some people from taking other people, but it's if if that's if if you've been placed with that, there's so much to learn and grow personally with that. On your, I mean, you here are still holding emotion from from an event that took how long ago was that? Oh my goodness. Uh, 15 years ago, probably close to 13, 14 years ago. And yeah. whether you acknowledge it or not, there's a, there was a weight of responsibility that you had to carry. Mm-hmm. And are you glad you did it? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and I think some of that fear we talk about clearing the fear is sometimes we don't want that responsibility, but you've been placed in that. So the last thing on our list of what do you do, we went through our whole checklist of what to. Well, even the trust of his mom and dad. Yeah, saying you know what? Yeah, go go. I, yeah. I was like twenty years old. Yeah, go go with your cousin. He'll take care of you out in the woods carrying firearms. Right. That, that was a, a piece for them too. So. You just said it though. The 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 main point is go do it. Yeah. Go out and do it. They they were saying go do it. Mm-hmm. You're let's go do this. That's what it requires. Is after you've you've pre planned, you've already maybe have done it yourself. So now you're adding another person to it. Now you have to go do it. And being present in the moment, 
there's so much to learn and gain from from doing all that. So I am so thankful and glad that people have taken me. And that's why I'm just I'm hopefully Brian and I are encouraging you to to take someone out. Maybe that or is ask somebody to take you. Or yeah, or ask if, if you're really wanting to go learn something, ask somebody. Ask the, us. The worst thing they can say is No. No. Yeah. That's right. And you roll on until you find somebody. And then yeah. you can come ask us. Yeah. A- absolutely right. Um you know, a quick story for me, it it's actually taking out young kids. My my son in particular. Um used to taking same aged um so like in high school, peers. Well, yeah, my peers. Like in high school, there'd be a lot of times where I'd be like, "Hey, let's go, let's go do an overnight." Um, I made it a lot easier. I would take a, a trolling motor in a canoe. You know, I'm not paddling. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there faster. But I just remember I was taking tables and chairs and and uh, skillets and grates and firewood, and <laughs> I was ta- I was buying like ribeyes and, and potatoes, and, and I was going to make a feast for these people. But it was always a burden to me. Because it's, I just, that's what I was realizing that I was taking on this responsibility. I didn't really understand any of that at the mm-hmm. time, but there is a burden to that. Um, it's still rewarding, but I felt like I was supposed to do that for them because I always wanted someone to do it for me. That's just where it kept coming from. But taking them up river, we'd actually go up river, we'd find a camping spot, we'd get it all out, and we would, we'd camp there, you know, and we were doing that in high school. And then fast forwarding it to, all right, now I've got to take my child. That was just so different. It's it's so different when you start taking out your children because you're wanting to you're wanting to instill in them this excitement, this joy that you have for it. But it's their first time, and it isn't something you know. There have been some activities that my son was like, "Hey, would you take me?" Well, that's awesome because they want to go. But taking them taking him out when he didn't really know much about it. So squirrel hunting. I, I took him out squirrel hunting one time, and as we got closer and closer, he. He kind of didn't really want to go, you know. It's kind of like, well, I think maybe there was something back at home that he had thought, you had you cleared the fear, you know. How do you clear a fear with with a young child? Like yeah, it's tough, you know. You can clear it in the moment, but as you get away from the house or you get into the wood line, and now the unknown's there, the you best, know. The best way to clear it is to go do it. So that's what we were doing. Yep. So, you know, I'm gonna keep it safe. If it ever became unsafe, we're gonna go back home. If he got too stressed out or too emotional about it. I'm not. I'm not going to just sit there and make him. Yeah, or too cold. Don't, but I'm going to encourage him. Yeah, we're going to encourage him. Power first. through the nasty stuff. Right. You've got this. We can do this. And you know, a really long story short, we didn't kill any squirrels. We shot at two. We only saw two. It Man's was a typical hunting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a probably the windiest day of the entire year. Okay, that I tried to take him out. But it was the only opportunity I had. Mm-hmm. But I still remember it. I remember him walking along that game trail and, and him just, he was looking for squirrels. And this was new for him. And again, awesome opportunity. It was an awesome experience. We didn't we didn't even harvest any squirrel. But I got to spend time with my son. He worked through some of that fear of, of actually being in the woods, walking through it. And I, it was just impactful for me. So, Have you been since that first time again? Has he wanted to go? Uh, We went... Yeah, we went before, but but not like to a public property. Right. You know, this is family land, what we're familiar with. So um, I have before, but honestly, now he's getting to that age where it's about time to to really let him shoot on his own. So mm-hmm. so we're getting closer to, to doing some of that stuff. Yeah, and I yeah. bet you really look forward to that. I hope that our stories and some of our guidance on, on taking 
people out to the outdoors or what people can do for you if you want to be introduced to the outdoors. I hope that's inspiring and encouraging to you. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. If we can be a help of any way of getting somebody to the outdoors, please, please find a way to contact us. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We share a lot of what we're doing on TikTok as well. Follow the podcast. You can download each episode. That will really help us out. Leave us a review if you think we're doing a good job or maybe even leave us some tips that you think we we can do better Um, we need support so any way you can support us would be greatly appreciated Uh, if you find a link tree on any of our social accounts you'll be able to find our patreon and you can actually become a monthly member and help support us financially Uh, we'd be very very grateful for that we do hope that you'll join us for our next episode but between now and that time we hope that you find time to get outdoors and maybe take a friend Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.